Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Give and taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. Or get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibos. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back. Fellas, how we feeling? Jared Man 85, JD's 85. How we feeling, boys? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. As I say every week, my Tigers got a dub. My Clemson Tigers beat up on Louisville 77 to 16. I think we scored another touchdown uh, during the break between Damon talking and me talking. I mean, we, we kind of embarrassed them. Dabo's son got a touchdown. Defensive tackle got a touchdown. Linebacker got a touchdown. I mean, we just we just got it in. Uh, and my Texans, what is a six straight, baby? I'm feeling good, baby. I'm alive. And my teams are the best of the best. Let's go. The best of the best. Okay, best of the best. I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Congratulations, 85. I know your teams did it very, very well this weekend. Clemson played all 94 players, which is unheard of. Louisville should fire <laughs> every one of their coaches. And including their next coaches, they should go in and fire them before they even hire them. Um, and the Texans got to win. You know, I think from my perspective – I'm just going to talk about who that nation for, 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 for a second and tell y'all we're the greatest. Look at my bets. I told you guys from the beginning, weeks one through four, one through five. Hey, nobody knows who's good yet. Last four weeks, plus $1,900. Last two weeks, plus $1,500. Eight and two overall on my bets in the last two weeks. Keep track of your boy. The numbers are going up. Nice work, Jeremy. Uh, we got a lot to get into today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the Green Bay Packers. Are they done for the season? And is Aaron Rodgers to blame? Uh, also, we're going to talk a little bit about Alabama beating up on LSU. But first, let's get into the Cowboys. Uh, Troy Aikman said that the Dallas Cowboys need to blow everything up and start over. Do you guys agree with that? Well, uh, obviously, Troy Aikman came out today and talked about they should just blow everything up. And... Um, I think you should, but there's no point. Like, it's really no point. When Jerry Jones is going to be in control of everything, I mean, basically, put this in perspective. The Cowboys, since, and I believe it's over the last 12 years, or 500 exactly. Like, they've won the exact same amount of games as they've lost. They're like the, the definition of mediocrity, and they've changed coaches, they changed quarterbacks, they changed running backs, changed the offensive line, changed the defense. Nobody's still on that team. But you know why they're mediocre? Because their owner won't just get out the way and let the people that know about football do what they're supposed to do. You know why a Sean McVay is in L.A. with the Rams and not with the Cowboys? And why, uh, you know, the, the popular coaches like Lincoln Riley, who, who could have a chance of coaching the Cowboys, is not going to go there? Because they know... Jerry Jones doesn't want anybody that's going to be making his own decisions. He wants somebody like Jason Garrett who's going to let him in on the meetings, who's going to have conversations with him when he, when, when he feels like they should have gone for it, like they did in that Texans game. And, and, and at the end of the day, like, you could blow it up, but it, it's like this, right? If, yeah, they always say, you know, if you're in, you're in a marriage and then you get a divorce and you go to the next marriage, you get a divorce, and you go to the next marriage, you get a divorce, you go to the next marriage. And so eventually the problem is you everywhere you go. And, I mean, at the same time, <laughs> that's basically the way it is with Jerry Jones. Only I'm Mr. Lonely. 
Jerry Jones came out today on on his uh, he does a weekly interview with the uh, Dallas radio station, the Fan, and he came out talking about that that Dak was his quarterback and he was going to get extended and he was the quarterback of the future. Um, if I was a member of any other team in that division, I'd be very excited about that because, as I've said, I think Dak is a bottom tier starting quarterback in the league. I said it, it was him. The people, and, and here's the thing. I like I like to root for players to do well. I don't root for players not not to do well. And I, I like Dak when he came to Leo. I'm not a fan of some of his stances he's taken since then. But with that being said, I've always said I wasn't a fan of Dak. I wasn't a fan of Mitch Trubisky. And I wasn't a fan of Jameis. And I think the, the thing you see with them right now is they're not progressing as as well as you would think they would they would progress at this point in their careers. Um, and Dak can't beat you down the field with with progressions. I mean, I felt like there was there was at least four passes yesterday to where either he missed a wide open throw where he didn't see it or he just missed it. And I, I don't think he's a, a franchise quarterback. So I think they're going to always be somewhat uh, viable because of the fact of uh, one, they're, they're America's team as far as marketing goes. And, and they're going to always be mediocre the way they've been for the last 12 years or whatnot. But I don't think you're going to win anything big with Dak Prescott being your starting quarterback. Personally, I think uh, it really doesn't matter. I mean, the Cowboys are terrible. They are what they are. I think they need to, need to blow up mainly because they need to get a new coaching staff. Uh, you can have a coaching staff. I, I, I would agree with mostly what Jared says. I mean, Jerry Jones does get in the way. But you can have a coaching staff that has some pedigree of what they need to be doing. I don't think that Jerry Jones is in there telling them, hey, run the ball on first down and then take a deep shot on second down and then be on third down and try to take a screen route and expect to get 10 yards on it on third down. I mean, I don't think that he's as detailed on the planning, and I think that they could be a lot more creative to get Dak a lot more easy looks. Just think about the Cowboys. If you watched the game last night, if you watched any of the games they played so far this season, tell me how many easy throws you see. I can remember last night when Malcolm Butler – uh, got burnt on that double move. Now, that was an easy throw. But for the most part, you don't really see a lot of easy short throws. What you see is um, they're running the ball a lot into a wall of eight, nine blockers or eight, nine people in the box. You've got um, sometimes they'll try to throw you know some bubble screens or throw some screen routes to, to Zeke, but they're never really that well set up. It's always like, oh, man, there's no confusion or anything. It's just, oh, man, we just let the entire – Defensive line go through, oh, yeah, we'll can just check the ball down to Zeke and nobody would notice that, you know, this is a running back standing over there without trying to block. So, overall, I think their play calling could use a lot of help. I don't think they have any uh, semblance of an offense when it comes to creativity. Uh, I think Jason Garrett is going to be hard-pressed to find a job when he leaves this. He might can't get to a quarterback coach. But most head coaches, when they get uh, fired, they can easily get an offensive coordinator position. I don't even think there's an offensive coordinator position out there for Jason Garrett right now. He might not even have a college head coach uh, job available for him out there. I think he's going to have to go back to being like a quarterback's coach or something. Um, Jeremy, so I don't, Jeremy, I don't think. Stop, stop. You got to remember, I, got, I'm not, I, I agree with you. He's not going to get a head coaching job. I don't think straight out of that. But, I mean, dude, they were just 12 and four, like a, or 13 and three, two years ago. He's, he's going to get a, a, a OC job somewhere. If to, I'll put it this way. Had, they if, had the best if, offensive line in football and the best running back and a quarterback Jeremy, that was essentially just taking. Jeremy, all, all I'll tell you is this. All I can tell you is Cam Cameron can keep getting offensive coordinator jobs. Like Cam Cameron might be the worst offensive coordinator in the history of earth. Like in perspective, he was the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. They were terrible. They fired him mid season. 
put Jim Caldwell there, then won the Super Bowl. He left the Ravens, went to LSU. On LSU, he had Zach Mettenberger, NFL quarterback, Odell Beckham Jr., and Jarvis Landry, two Pro Bowl receivers. And he had Jeremy Hill and Alfred Blue, two NFL running backs. And they had one of the worst offenses in the SEC. So if that dude can keep getting Jer Jer offensive coordinator jobs, Jason Garrett can. Yep. Okay. So Cam Cameron, he was an offensive coordinator in San Diego. Then he was in the Dolphins. Then he was with the Ravens. 2012. Where is he now? I He's at home you. on his couch. He got, he got opportunities. He's at home on his couch. But you got to remember, like, Cam that, Cameron's that, like, what, 70? He could be. I don't know. He could, he's gonna be. He's born in '61. What's that make him? He's not that old. Um, overall, what you're gonna see from, in my opinion, from coaches, I don't think there's a lot of respect out there for him. So I don't think he's gonna be able to get very many many jobs when he comes out. I'm not. I'm not completely out on Dak. He hasn't been great, but I've seen him play good football. And I think, I mean, honestly, you know, obviously I'm a Saints fan. If you took him and put him in New Orleans or took him and put him with the Rams or took him and put him with Andy Reid, do I think he's – oh, yeah, I don't think he's as good as Drew Brees or Jared Goff or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but I think he would be a good quarterback. I mean, I'm, I am I think he could be at least as good as an Alex Smith or somebody. I mean, I think he's a solid quarterback. So, um the Cowboys are great at bringing fans to the stadium and keeping people hype because they're always somewhat interesting. If you really want to think about it, there's like the Cowboys aren't the worst team in the league. There are teams that run, run way worse than the Cowboys. They have owners who really don't care about winning. There's only about 10 to 12 teams that are really trying to win year in, year out, really putting a full effort towards it. Do you really think Tampa Bay's owners are really trying to win? I, I would tell you this. <laughs> Here, here, here's my comparison of, of, of Cowboy fans. And not that they overlap, but this is basically, in my eyes, how I see it. Cowboy fans are like Trump supporters. Like, regardless of what happens, whether it be good or bad, because there may be good or bad, they're always going to say, we're going to win a Super Bowl. And it could be 0-16, and, and the next year, they're going to say, oh, wait for next year, though. Uh, we, we got that number two, that second-round pick, because we traded our first-rounder for Amari Cooper. But that second-round pick, I mean... Jerry Rice went in the sixth round. Like at the end of the day, they will take whatever whatever rationale you can look at, and they're gonna go with it. And I think that's basically what we got in the Cowboys. I think they none of the fans are gonna leave. They're gonna continue to be average. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think they're just gonna. They're, maybe Dak Prescott could have been good. I just think at this point in time, I, I don't believe. I, I believe that unless you put him with an elite offensive coordinator, like a, a situation where Mitchell Trubisky's in, because I think he's better than Mitch, even though Mitchell's going to put up decent numbers because they, they call perfect plays. I've told you guys, even when when Deshaun at the beginning of the season when we were 0-3 and now we're 6-3, and and you guys were like, oh, who's 0-3? He hasn't been playing as well as Mitch Trubisky. I said, I don't attribute how well a quarterback plays specifically to wins and losses because I think that's, that's misleading. I think, obviously... Drew Brees had has missed the playoffs what, five last eight years, and Drew Brees has been a top five quarterback that whole entire time. I think what it boils down to is this. If you have Dak Prescott and everything's perfect, you can win with Dak Prescott, and he can look really good. But if you don't have everything perfect, he's not very good. And I think as much as I can say that is, what, when, 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 did he win, when did he win when things weren't perfect? I, I, the, the, think about his rookie season. He rarely ever got sacked. They had the best offensive line in football. They had the leading rusher in the league in Ezekiel Elliott. They had Des Bryant, who was still playing at a pretty high level. They had Jason Witten. They had Cole Beasley in the slot. They had Bryce Butler, who was getting deep at the two, as well as Terrence Williams. And he looked great. 
And then last year, he looked Jared, solid Jared, through the first real, real quick. Hey, he looked solid through like the first five weeks or six weeks, whatever it was. And then Ezekiel Elliott came out. Then he looked terrible. Okay, quick question. So, and this is this can kind of you know segue us into the next topic as well. But you know, why is it that we're so willing to make excuses for an Aaron Rodgers and say, you know what, he doesn't have great play callers and he doesn't have great people making plays for him, and he's supposed to be the greatest quarterback of all time according to like every media member ever? But with Dak, you know, we want to scrutinize him and we won't give him the same credit. Overall, we got what? What did uh, Dak put up yesterday? He put up fourteen points against. The number three defense in football. We had Aaron Rodgers the same weekend put up 17 points against a terrible Patriots defense, and we made every excuse in the world for Aaron Rodgers. So at the end of the day, Dak, Dak Prescott is a third-year quarterback. Has he regressed? Obviously, he has. He's not played well this year, but he's still got a lot of talent. I think they need to use his physical tools instead of just trying to make him a pocket passer. Because if you let him run some, I mean, here, here's their problem. Yeah, part of the problem is they're going, oh, he's a franchise quarterback, so you can't let your franchise quarterback get hit. Well, if you don't let him run, he doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. So at the end of the day, let him get out, let him run all over the field. He'll open up some some passing lanes, and he can be more effective. So I I, I think uh, I think they still got some talent there, but they got to see what they got. Jerry Jones compared to Cam Newton. He's not nearly as physically talented as Cam Newton by any stretch of imagination. He's not as tall. He doesn't have nearly the arm. He's not as fast. But he said he was he was like a mixture of Cam Newton and Jared Goff. And I I thought he must have meant Fig Newton and somebody else because that, that ain't even close to it. But but with that being said, Jeremy, you look at an Aaron Rodgers and you say, all right, how many, you know, oh, how many excuses are gonna be made for Aaron Rodgers? I don't know a player that's been failed more by in any sport than Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I just started thinking about every situation where Aaron Rodgers has lost, and every one of them, there's a specific play or a specific point in time where somebody on his team Fs it up. And I I, I just started even thinking about the playoff Do you think runs, he's had right? more help than Drew Brees? I think he has. Do I feel like they have had more mistakes and big moments than anybody ever? Yes. Because you can Aaron Rodgers no, no, Jeremy. Let's put this in respect. I'll, I'll go through. I'll go through big moments, right? We'll we'll just go through. I mean, he lost. He lost his first playoff start to the Cardinals, forty-five to fifty-one. He scored forty-five points and lost the game. Yeah. Then that's bad. But he, that's weak. I mean, that's the first. That's wild card round. So it's not like it was deep into the. Playoffs. But Jeremy, but here's the thing, though. If you're in the wild card round, you can't stop the other team from scoring fifty-one points. But let's just go through the. I'll go through the pat the the last few playoff runs he's had, right? Because they were in the playoffs last year because he got hurt. The previous year, they were in the playoffs. They made the conference finals. They played the Falcons. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, run off, run off the field. Do you remember why they got run off the field? First two possessions, Aaron yeah. Rodgers had had the ball first, our uh, first and goal, and Ty Montgomery and the fullback back to back possessions fumbled the ball. And the next thing you know, they were down 21-0 after the Falcons had only had three possessions, and 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 it was because of the fact that he drove them all the way down the field through perfect passes. And then his team fumbled back to back times inside the ten yard line. The previous the uh, previous playoff uh, playoff appearance he had, they were they were playing the uh, the uh, Seattle. They played Seattle. They had a chance to beat Seattle uh, on the game and go play in the Super Bowl. This was in the conference conference finals to go play the Patriots. And when they were they had a chance to go there, they're up fourteen points. The Seattle scores a touchdown, kicking onside with, with a minute thirty to go. The guy runs and chases after the ball, drops the onside kick. Seahawks get the ball, 
go right back down the field, score another touchdown, win the coin toss, and score a touchdown again. So he doesn't see the field from the time he's up 14 points in the fourth quarter to the game is over. You look at even this year, the, the games they've lost. This week, Patriots, tie game, 17 apiece, chance to go ahead and take the lead, and I, I believe win the game. They're, they fall with the ball. Previous week, playing the Rams, down two, kick the ball off. All he needs is a field goal to win the game. Ty Montgomery fumbles the ball. Previous game they lost, Lions. Playing the Lions, they the kicker misses four field goals and an extra point. Previous game. But you can't, you can't, you can't escape the, that, that week that he, he had two turnovers. Jeremy, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make my last point on this. Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback in the league where you have to – he has to play perfect for them to win because if you're going to say, oh, well, he had two turnovers. So there's a lot of quarterbacks There's a lot of quarterbacks that have two turnovers in a game. And if you put your team in position to where, hey, do your job and make field goals or do your job and not fumble kickoff returns and your team does that, that's not on you. That's on your team. Jared, so let me just go through it. First of all, you say, you know, he he's the only person who has to do so much for his team to win. Let me just look at his let me just look at his team right now. So overall, they have a top five offensive line of football. They have a Pro Bowl wide receiver. They have a decent running attack. They've got other weapons around. They got a top five tight end. They've got a decent defense. So overall, is he having to do everything? No, he's not. You brought up the game against Seattle. How many points did he put up in the game? 22. Okay. You brought up the game okay. against the Falcons. How many game points did he put up in the game? 21. You look at all these games he's going into. I told you last week. I said, yeah, look, the, the one against the Falcons in the playoffs. I told you last week. I said, in the first five possessions the Rams had, they punted every time. And I told you. You got to score more than 10 points. And I told you, if you gave Drew Brees five possessions, how many points he would put up? In Drew Brees' first six possessions, yeah, Drew Brees' first six possessions this week, he went touchdown, touchdown, marking him fumble, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. That's what Drew Brees did. From my perspective, this game pretty much played out like I thought it would. It was... Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. I thought it would be a little better quality than it was because, honestly, it wasn't a very well-played game. But the, my biggest takeaway was no, the no, Patriots here's the did Patriots thing and the Packers did Packers things. The Patriots called some trick plays. The Patriots threw the pass from Julian Edelman to uh, – uh, what's the guy's name? White. I can't think of his first name. I don't know why I can't think of his name. Uh, but and then they get all the blockers out in front, and they get first downs, and they uh, they get touchdowns off stuff like, oh man, we're going to call a flea flicker and throw a pass, and then you know they miss a tackle like almost like the Minnesota miracle when uh, Josh Gordon uh, slipped off that tackle and ran it in for a touchdown. So overall, I think what you saw was it was a very very evenly played game between the teams, but the Patriots are just more. I, I, I'm not, I was going to say better coach, but it's not even just that. They're just more disciplined. I mean, you never see a Patriots player fumble like like Aaron Jones did. You never see uh, some of the penalties that they get. You know, you run into a kicker. You never see them. You know, first off, why are you even trying to block a kick when it's fourth and 23? Like, at the end of the day, just let them punt. They're already pinned down in their end zone. 
keeps people back to 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 block the returner and try to get a big return on it. You already got great returners. So overall, I thought what you saw was a Green Bay Tap Packers team that gets that made the same mistakes that you normally see the Green Bay Packers make. And you saw a Patriots team that took advantage of them like they do every week. I think the Patriots are becoming a scarier and scarier team, mainly because teams will continue to beat themselves. Well, I think the the Packers are not done. Um, obviously, in that division right now, it's the leading is the Chicago Bears. I don't believe in the Bears at all, um, and I said I've said that consistently. They played probably the weakest schedule besides. No, I don't know. they they probably played even weaker schedule than than the Texans have. I mean, I, and the Texans have played a super weak schedule. But I think the thing is, I mean, you play the Bills this week with Nate Peterman. Um, so I and now now the and we're talking about it a little bit later, but the Bears play the Lions. I think they're going to lose that game. I think the Vikings have a, a few more games they're going to lose. I think they have a shot. Uh, but being realistic, because of how weak the rest of the Bears schedule is, even after the Lions game, I think the Packers really got to go seven and one or six and two at the worst um, to make the playoffs. Six and two gets them to nine, six and one. And I'm not sure that gets them to the playoffs in that division or not. So I'm not saying they're done because uh, I've seen Aaron Rodgers run off six, seven games in a row. Um, but it's not looking good. And the problem is because of the fact that it seems like whenever he needs his team to have his back, they just let him down in the most inopportune times. I know. I mean, they had the fo- the huge fumble in this game. They have a, a you know, running into the kick at the punter on or roughing the punter on a punt where they're at fourth and 22. I mean, they just do some of the dumbest things. Um, I think they're not going to make the playoffs, and I think they fire their coach. And I think that's when you start to see somebody really go. That that that's a hot coaching prospect. If I'm leaking Riley, and I want to leave Oklahoma to go to the NFL, or I'm David Shaw, and I want to, and I don't think David Shaw's leaving, but somebody that really wants to leave, that's a good mind, that's very highly sought. Somebody's even saying uh, a lot of people have been talking about the coach for Iowa State being this like offensive guru that may go to the league. But if I was one of those coaches, um, that's the job I take is Green Bay and being able to work with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think they're done because of the fact that that team just – they have talent around them. I, I, I like De- uh, Devontae Adams. I like Jimmy Graham. Um, the running backs are uh, – defense is okay. Um, but it just seems like whenever there's a time to um, make a big play, the Patriots in this game you saw, whenever it was time to make a play, they they made the plays. And whenever it was time for the Packers to make the plays, uh, they effed it up. So – uh, I got them missing the playoffs right now. Sure, I agree with you. Let me ask you this, kind of going off what you just said. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is a good teammate? I mean, yeah, I mean, his team has let him down, but I just don't like the reactions from him on the sidelines when, like, certain mistakes happen. I mean, you know, it's been some terrible plays. Like, the guy uh, taking, you know, fielding the – was it the punt or the, uh, or the kickoff and then fumbling kickoff. it? Kickoff. He should have he let it go, but I just didn't like his reaction on the sidelines. He definitely wasn't backing his players. Do you do you feel like that he's a great teammate? I guess, Jeremy, you can touch on this when you start uh, your points, but I just don't get the idea. I don't know, maybe it's because of the stories I've heard about, you know, him not talking to his parents in like 10 years or whatever it is, but, you know, do you think that he's a good teammate? Do you th- how do you think he is in the locker room? I don't think he's a great teammate, but I, I think at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. I mean, I don't think he's Jay Cutler where like, I mean, there's reports that when Jay Cutler was his last season in Chicago, that they wouldn't even let him dress in the locker room because everybody hated him so much. Like they made him go to a different room to, to get dressed after the games. Um, like there's, there's that kind of disdain, but I, I think this, this is the thing though, D the reason why he looked like that with Ty Montgomery on that kickoff return is because from all the reports, Tom Montgomery, the previous possession, was in the game. He was supposed to block. 
on a blitz. He missed a blitz, got and Aaron Rodgers got sacked. And they took they took Ty Montgomery out of the game. And apparently Ty Montgomery got super pissed off that he got taken out of the game. And so then when they play. told him to ha- he wanted to make a play. And so they told him and, and it wasn't about his kickoff return. They told him, they said, look, kneel the ball in the end zone because it was two minutes and like four seconds to go. So if you kick you return the kick, it goes below the two minute warning. So you basically lose the timeout. And they said that Ty Montgomery said, F this, I'm gonna do me. And went. So if you do that and you say, F this, I'm gonna do me, and you run a kickoff back out of the end zone and fumble it, then Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be looking at you like that. You deserve no sympathy, no benefit of the doubt. Like you deserve to have to be looked at the way Aaron Rodgers looks at people. I think I think sometimes he does throw the blame on people, but I think in his in his experience, he's had at least ten or fifteen games. Where big plays have that had nothing to do with him, let them down for them to lose games in the last, I'd say, three four years. I don't blame him. I agree, but you gotta you gotta you know make sure that you're paying attention. Who is who is whose narrative is that? Is that from the Packers organization? Because of course they're gonna make themselves look look like the you know the good guys at the end of the day. I'm glad that he did get picked up by another team, but you know you just kind of you gotta kind of you know you gotta kind of control the narrative of, of who's who's putting those stories out because I just don't see that was from. The, that was from several Packers players who spoke to him on the sideline. They said that's what he said but, to them is, F this, I'm going to do me. Maybe, maybe it's they true, said but, they, you know, I, I, I guess you can't have a different point of view being that that's all internal. But, uh, Jeremy, man, what do you think about um, – what do you think about this whole this, – this, this, this Packers team? This kind Obviously, of double the choke. Patriots did what the Patriots do. Uh don't be disrespectful to uh, Discount <laughs> Double Check. He's still, he's still a bad man. But uh, what yeah. do you think about this matchup, man? So let let me count the ways of how Aaron Rodgers is letting his team down and not the other way around. So <laughs> let's get into it then, Jay. Let me hear it. The Green Bay Packers scored 17 points. I just want to put I just want to say that one more time. The Green Bay Packers scored 17 points. How many points did the Jaguars score against this Patriots defense with Blake Bortles? 30 something? And obviously nobody quite a bit of points. Nobody nobody's gonna argue that like Bortles has great weapons around him. I mean, we're talking about a terrible defense he was going against. And he put up 17 points. Let's just go through the mistakes Aaron Rodgers made himself. Because you say everybody else count cost him. Let's just go through. Okay, first possession. The Patriots go down and get a touchdown. It's the hype, it's Sunday night football. You gotta go down and stop the bleeding. They drive the ball down to the Patriots nine for first and goal. First pass, incomplete. Oh, then they get a delay of game penalty. Who is that on? Oh, I probably said the quarterback. So they end up getting a field goal. The next possession, punt. The next possession, punt. The next possession, they went down and got a touchdown. That's awesome. Next possession, punt. So you got 10 points at halftime, and you've had one, two, three, four, Five possessions? Are we? Are we? Is two, is two points per possession? Is that good? I'm oh. following you. Yeah, yeah, accurate. Is, is is that all on the quarterback? I mean, if, if we give them the credit when they win, I mean, if you really want to look at Aaron Rodgers, what year did he win the Super Bowl? When they had the number two defense in football and gave up 15 points per game, their their offense that year was ranked tenth. So he's never been the reason they won a Super Bowl. He's never been the reason. Yeah, yeah, man. 
Jeremy, you nobody's ever been, you can say that about Drew Brees. His season, they won the Super Bowl. They weren't ranked high, but they led, it was the worst they, defense. Was, but they led the they led the league in takeaways. Yeah, his defense was ranked twenty fifth in yards and ranked twentieth in points. It's the worst in either category and of they, any team that ever won the Super they, Bowl. What were they ranked in takeaways? They're ranked first in takeaways. You know who's ranked first in takeaways? Okay, right and during now? that during that game Wait. during during that yeah, no no no, no, no this game, is my segment. Ball, this is my it? segment. You just talked during that season. They had the most takeaways. You know who has the most takeaways right now? The Browns. Who, Jeremy? The Browns have the most takeaways. So at the end of the- And what does that mean? You said what? What does that mean? The Browns offense is terrible. Exactly. All I'm telling you is don't don't seem don't don't make it seem like oh Drew Brees had no help during that season because if I remember correctly, that game was under a touchdown game and they picked six Peyton Manning to end the game. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it took play calling, as we talked about with Sean Payton getting a, a fake onside kick or get a, a, a surprise onside kick to get Drew Brees an extra possession. Those are things that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get from his team. Tell me the last good play. Tell me the last thing you saw where you were like, man, that was a great play call from the from the, from the Packers. Um, I saw a lot of I great play calls again in that Rams game where they had five straight um, punts from the Rams, and he didn't do anything with it. Right, and, and when it – uh, he didn't do anything with it, or did he? He had the chance to, to go and win the game at the end of the game, and he no, got no, taken away the first, from him. Jared, he had five straight punts, and he had ten points. And I told you during that very moment, we actually talked about it on the last show. I said, if you give Drew Brees that many possessions, the Rams don't have a chance to come back in that game. They just don't. Jeremy, but but you're comparing Drew Brees with the most or the second most weapons in the league, Jared, stop. and the Jared, best. Why, offense. why are they bringing the wide receivers Jared. right now? Jeremy, Jeremy, they're bringing, because people got hurt, not because they. Jeremy, put this in perspective. Let me finish. Jeremy, what, Jeremy, how many how many times was Drew Brees pressured in the game versus the Rams? He was pressured a lot. Not sacked. How many times was he, he was pressured a lot? He just didn't get no, sacked. Jeremy, 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 put this in perspective. Aaron Donald had one pressure on him. Aaron Donald. At the end of the day, if you're looking at the game, Drew Brees has the best offensive line. He's got a top five running back. He's got another top ten running back. He's got a top five or top ten receiver. He's at the end of the day, like you can you can you can try to compare that to Aaron Rodgers. And he's got the he's got a top three play caller. Like Jerry, Aaron, Aaron that's, Donald, that's not Aaron Donald got two sacks at the end of the Packers game um in the fourth quarter. Once that you, you know, obviously they couldn't run the ball anymore. You realize in the last two games, Aaron Rodgers didn't get sacked in either of the first three quarters. He just wasn't putting up points. He does not like you. You can't make these excuses for Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm so tired of hearing all this. Oh man, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough help. Oh, I mean, we, we really give Aaron Rodgers excuses that we don't give first and second and third year quarterbacks. Like at the end of the day, is this guy the greatest or is he not? Yeah, because all I see is I yeah, see his back. 15 touchdowns, the one pick is just yeah, it's just well. Terrible. You know what? They don't have any rushing touchdowns, so that's probably why. If you throw the ball in the end zone on every on every goal line, then you're gonna get a lot of touchdowns. You know what, Drew Brees? Jeremy, when they rushed the ball this week, what happened? Oh, he had a fumble. You know what happened when Drew Brees runs the ball? Okay. Mark good. Ingram fumble. Do you hear anybody making excuses for Drew Brees? No. You go get it done. I'm I'm so tired of getting the excuses. Like he's not the only person. When they got a fumble, what what happened on that defense? What what happened on the defense of the Patriots when when or the Packers when they fumble and what happened with the Saints when they fumble? Jared, if you want to look at it from that perspective, the, how how many points did the Patriots put up and how many points did the Rams put up? Who had to overcome more points? Jeremy, you can say I had to overcome more, more points, but here's the deal. This is what I, I told Damon. Damon can vouch for me that I said this, and I said this every year. The Patriots, the first month of the season, are always their worst. Obviously. But if you look at the Patriots over the last six years, they're 7-2, 7-2, 7-2, 9-0, 7-2, 7-2 after nine games. 
This is who they are. So if you're going to compare Blake Bortles playing on week two and how many points he put up at home compared to Aaron Rodgers going to a night game and playing them in week nine when all all the, the whole time they've been preparing for him, that's not the same comparison. And what I will, will tell you is this. As much as you want to you, – you can say, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers has been fantastic this year. I, I think he's, he could definitely play better than he's played this year. But every game they've lost – every game they've lost besides the Redskins game, you can look at another player on that team and say, you blew the game. Or you can look at Correct or not, Aaron Rodgers and say you didn't put up enough points. I can, if you talk about the Patriots, the reason why the Patriots always put up so many, oh, man, they went on this great run because the Patriots are so dominant. It's because they play a bunch of trash teams. Let's go through their last few weeks. The Packers, three and four, or three and five, or what? I don't know, three, four and one, whatever they are. The Bills, the Bears. With Jeremy, them. they can't help who they play. Jeremy, know, they just got to get but, the job but, done. But, they what do. I'm saying is this: I'm not gonna. And I'm they gonna, always end up where, Jeremy? They, oh, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from the Patriots, but Jared's trying to make. Okay, it I'm like, just making sure. No, Jared's trying to make it like he had. A, he was going against a Patriots team that's just so dominant now that he didn't have any chance. The Patriots really just hasn't played anybody. They were outplayed by the Bears. That same team you said they're going to have a chance of catching, they were outplayed by the Bears. You know why they won? Because they got a special teams. They got two special teams touchdowns and one by touchdown. Um, Jeremy, the the Bears scored two touchdowns in the last six minutes, though. So that game wasn't even close. They were down twenty. Jerry, they didn't. That's that's not true. Because they 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 almost scored a touchdown in the end. They didn't almost they didn't almost score twenty one points in in the last six minutes. All right, Jeremy, finish your they point. Did. We got to keep moving on, fellas. But Jeremy, finish yeah. your point. We're gonna move on to the next game. All right. At the end of the, at the end of the day, um, I mean, obviously, he Aaron Rodgers did have some mistakes made by his by his teammates. That was a bad fumble. But at the end of the day, I'm so tired of the excuses being made for Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Tom Brady has more help around him. Yes, he has a better coaching staff. But yes, Aaron Rodgers has enough weapons to be successful, and he's just simply not doing it. So at the end of the day, Jeremy, real quick, I got I got one I got one question for okay. you though. Last year we had this conversation when when the Minnesota miracle happened, mm-hmm. and you said, "I said Drew Brees played terrible the entire first half, and then he put up twenty four points, I believe it was, in the game." And we talked. And you said at the end of the game he drove him down, made a great throw, which he did on third down to get them in field goal range, and they made the field goal to take the lead. And everybody, every Saints fan I know, talked about how could Marcus Williams make that mistake? That mistake happens to Aaron Rodgers. Every game they Jared, lose. Jared, stop. They, Ray Rodgers never had a mistake that bad made. Secondly, that Vikings team had a, an all-time great defense. That Vikings team had the lowest third-down completion of all of all time. And then that Vikings team at home didn't give up 14 points to any other team but the Saints, including that Rams who came in and had seven points. And you're talking about Aaron Rodgers going into playing the Patriots, who have a trash defense from every aspect of being a defense, and can't put up points. And you're talking about, oh, he had one They're top ball. half in every, every category. Huh? They're, they're top five. They're, they're top half in every category, they're so they're not terrible. They're defense. not. They're a terrible defense. I mean, I mean, how many games can you play against the Bills? And uh, I mean, their entire roster, their entire schedule has been against t- trash teams. They're a terrible defense. All right, fellas. Well, definitely some passionate points from both both sides about uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You know, take it take it what it is. Tom Brady can't help who he plays. He's got to get the job done. Aaron obviously needs a little bit more help. Um, but he definitely has some issues brewing uh, up in um, up in cheese cheese land up there and uh, where where are those boys at? I'm sorry, guys. Green Bay. <laughs> up in Green, Green Bay. Bay. Yeah. So moving right along, guys. Uh, big Sunday night matchup. We need to we need to get into uh, Rams versus Jeremy Saints. Uh, I mean, this is what I expected. I expected the, the 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 Saints to win by at least a touchdown. That's what happened. 
uh, it was a big game, man. Probably my, one of my favorite games to to watch over the past weekend, other than uh, my boy Cam Newton doing his thing. But uh, let's start with Jeremy this time, man. We're, I, I know you're excited about this this huge win, oh, yeah. especially about the desk pickup. I want you to speak a little bit about uh, about how you guys are, are probably you know we, we record on uh, it's Tuesday night, so uh, they're going through some contract work with Des. He should be signed. Um, Tomorrow morning, that being Wednesday morning, uh, what do you guys feel about that pickup? And also, what do you guys feel about that matchup against the Rams? Overall, it happened similarly to what I thought. Although I was kind of surprised if we let them come back. I thought it was going to be like thir- thirty-five to fourteen, and we were going to kind of keep the pressure on, and maybe they score a couple touchdowns late. They made a great run back to get back into the game, um, but we put them away like champions do. I think overall, it was a great game. I can't take anything away from the Rams. Their offense is unstoppable. We really didn't have an answer for their offense, and they didn't have an off- a answer for our offense. And honestly, this is what the NFL wants to see. If you want to know what the NFL wants for the NFC and the AFC championship game, they want to see Chiefs Patriots versus and Saints Rams. They want the two re- rematches of those games, and they want the Chiefs and the Patriots to score 40-something points, and then they want the Saints and Rams to score 40-something points. That's what they want to see. That is why they've made all these rule changes to protect the quarterback and make it to where you can't hit people. That's what they want to see. This is what the NFL wants the new NFL to be. All right, so, Jeremy, let's get into this a little bit. Are you saying right now that the NFL is implementing all these rules, not because of CTE and injuries and head injuries, obviously. You're saying that they want for these games to be 48 to 35, 35 to 42 – you're saying they want these games over 80 points. Is that is that what you're saying right now? Uh, in a lot of ways, it's not because of head injuries. It's because they want these games to be oh, blown it, up a score. It has absolutely nothing to do with head injuries. If you told them that they could give every player a head injury, but they were going to make an extra billion dollars, they'd all take it. At the end of the day, what, hmm, what they're what they're trying to do is put a product on the field that's going to that's going to raise sales. If you're seeing this year, the the numbers have been much 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 higher uh, from a quarterback perspective. Um, with quarterbacks that have over, I want to say it was over 15 touchdowns in the first uh, half of the season. Last year, I think it was three or four. The last few years, they showed a list. Nobody had more than six in the last 20 years of football. This year is 16. So at the end of the day, the numbers are up because people want to see offense. It was an enjoyable game to watch. I mean, obviously some defensive heads probably turned their faces. But overall, I think what you saw was uh, two teams who have an offense that are so – high power that it's it really not a lot you can do to stop it. I'm not sure there's a defense in football that can either slow down the Saints, slow down the Rams, slow down the Chiefs, slow down the Patriots, uh, even slow down the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they got an awesome offense also. So I think this is what you're going to start seeing, and you're going to start seeing defensive coordinators really not get head coaching positions as much as they did in, in the past because you're going to need to have a experienced offensive mind who can put together uh, some type of guru package in order to get – Put up this kind of production uh, but overall what you saw was uh like i've been saying for weeks the rams are a great team but this notion that they were head, head and shoulders above the rest of the nfl was always false um i'm not saying that the saints are better than the rams i think they're pretty even um but uh, until this week everyone was saying the rams were here and the rest of the nfl was down here and i've been saying forever that was not the case my boys got a w we got a tough schedule coming up but we're going to run the table 15 and 1 Lies. You guys are, you know, from, speaking from a Panthers perspective, I'm scared to death of just signing of Dez. I'm scared to death because I watch Saints 
just execute flawlessly their offense. Um, even though my Panthers would play well, it's just uh, I, I I don't know, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. We're actually thinking about going down to New Orleans and check that game out. But uh, I'm a little nervous, man. Jerry, what do you think about about the about the Saints? Um, the Dez pickup and obviously the matchup on Sunday night. What you feel, Jerry? Before you jump in, Damon, I, I will tell you there's a certain Monday night football games. Saints at Panthers. Might as well come on down, man. We're going to check it out to get going to check it out live. That's definitely a big possibility, man. It depends on the weather. You know, I I'm all about comfortability, man. If it, if it's comfortable to be out there and it's not too bad, um, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't mind going out there. But if it's gonna be 40, 50 degrees, I ain't about that life. But uh, yeah, Jerry. No, I ain't about that life. I'd much rather watch yeah, that in say, front of a in front of say, my Jeremy, TV. Have, you, and, have and you ever gone to a Monday Night Football game with the Panthers? Yes, yes. It, it is freezing out there generally. Yes, yes. All right, so what I will say, though, all right, so a couple things. Um, I picked the Rams to win this game. I should have picked the Saints, obviously, from what happened. But I should have picked them because there's there's a thing that I always say, um, and it, it's go with the team that's most desperate if, if, the, if the matchup is close. And the Saints needed that game much more than the Rams needed that game. And I say that because Saints have a much more difficult schedule ahead. Um, the Rams already had a game up on them. So if the Rams would have beat them, they'd have been up essentially two and a half games with the Saints having a much tougher schedule. Um, and I thought that if you looked at it from from a realistic standpoint, the game is in New Orleans. And if you lose that game in New Orleans, I think then that, that almost all of a sudden gives that, that mental edge very heavily to the Rams. I should have gone that way. Um, watching the game, uh, the game, I thought it was going to be a blowout um, after the first half. And I was really impressed by the fact that the Rams were able to – I mean, they got – Back-to-back stops, um, to and actually they got three three straight stops, correct? At one point, uh, no, no, uh, to get back in the game to start the third mm, quarter. I think that they, 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 were, they, they got two. It was seventeen. Really, really, they got the ball back right before halftime. Went down and got a field goal. They cut it to eighteen. Then they got the ball back after halftime. That cut it to eleven. Twenty-four. And then they got yep. two stops. Twenty-four, so they got thirty-five. A field goal and a touchdown and an extra. And uh, so they really got two two stops. Okay, so they got back-to-back stops. Um, I thought the game boiled down to, to, to really two plays. Um, and I know that sounds crazy to say a game boiled down to two plays. Um, first play is I think they got a first down on that trick play. Um, I thought I thought it was pretty clear. Um, and the uh, former league official who was talking about it on Fox thought he got it as well. Um, I thought that changed the momentum of the game because it was a huge fumble that they got uh, to get the ball and then to turn it back over on that trick play. I thought it was a huge momentum sw- uh, shift. Um, and I thought the other big play of the game was literally, obviously, the third down with, with Michael Thomas, um, where when you go back and look at the play, Marcus Peters thought he had safety help, and he just jammed him, and he realized he had no help, and that was a uh, barbecue chicken, as Shaq says. So um, I thought, obviously, Michael Thomas had an awesome game. Drew Brees uh, threw himself back in that MVP discussion after I said he, he had dropped out of that, the lead last week because he played so poorly versus the Vikings. He played an excellent game. Um, he threw some really great passes. Um but at the end of the day, I have no, I'm, I'm no closer to believing that the Saints are going to beat them in the playoffs, or that they're going to beat the Saints in the playoffs than I would be before the game. Um, I, I have no idea who's going to win those matchups, and I still feel pretty comfortable with my pick of the Panthers to win a division. I know that seems, oh, how, who's going to beat the Saints? I like that, Jared. Uh, I like that energy. Keep that energy, I said baby. Devil, I said that before the season. I still believe <laughs> that the, the Panthers. I said because of North North Turner, he was going to turn Cam into a much more consistent passer, and now you look at it. Cam has over two touchdowns for seven straight games. But Jerry, he's never done it. You're right. Before. I don't think it's going to come down to 
come down to Cam, though, Jared. It's it's literally going to come down to Luke Keekley. And if can can he hold Drew Brees to twenty one, twenty no seven stretching it? Can he hold? Can he hold that defense to thirty five? To three to three touchdowns. He's gonna no. need it because Cam. I don't. No. Cam's not gonna go out there and put up thirty five points. He's gonna have. I'm gonna to. tell you that right oh, now. Cam, Cam, oh, damn it, damn it. Versus that Saints defense, Cam can put up thirty five. Um, I think with what targets with Devin Funches and and Greg Olson. That's it. Oh no, no, let's. You guys have a great rush defense, but here's the problem that I have with the Saints as far as defense goes. Eli Apple's awful. Um, yeah. And maybe Patrick Roberts is back by that point, but Eli Apple's Eli, off. Eli Apple actually played uh, solid and, that game. That's that's completely false. I, I I didn't I didn't see that at all. Um, but with that being said, Christian McCaffrey's catching the ball really well. Curtis Samuel's coming on strong. He had two touchdowns last game. He had a rush touchdown on a jet sweep, and he had a, another thirty yard touchdown reception. Um, and I, I think here's here's the part where I think it boils down to. I think it's not about Luke Keekley. I think it boils up to. Shaq Thompson or Thomas Davis or one of the outside linebackers having to try to match up, or even if he's a safety, having to try to limit Alvin Kamara. Because literally, I left that game this week thinking to myself, is Drew Brees the MVP of the league or is it Alvin Kamara? Because Alvin Kamara, I mean, he had three touchdowns. And some of those plays, you're just like, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. He, t- he caught it. He caught a, a, a ball in the flat on a third down. That I thought there was no chance he got the angle on him. And he scored a touchdown and, and like, walked in. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how he beat the dude like that, but um, yeah, as I as I said, I think the Saints are really good. I'm still not going to back off my pick of the Panthers to win that division, um, but I think the NFC is really going to boil down to to uh, you got the Rams, you're going to have the Saints, and you're going to have the Panthers. In my opinion, are the teams that really can win the and it's maybe the Eagles if they put it on, but I really think those are the three teams that. I, that's Jerry, Jerry, I'm excited, man. There's going to be some great matchups coming up. I'm excited about NFL. It's, it's going to be definitely interesting to watch. But let's go ahead and move into some of the NCAA guys. Obviously, the big, big matchup that we're all anticipating, all looking forward to was Alabama down in Death Valley versus LSU. And it didn't live up to the hype, guys. Let's just be honest about it. Alabama came out. They punched him in the face. I, let me take that back. They didn't punch him in the face, but – LSU cannot score. They you know, so in the body until they're they push them in the body. Yeah, you're right. Laps. You're right, Jamie. I agree. They push them in the body. But what what do you think about this Alabama team? What do you think about that matchup? Uh, and obviously, what do you feel about going forward? This Alabama team, well, they obviously you know Georgia and Alabama are going to be playing in the SEC South Championship coming up here in Atlanta. Uh, what do you guys feel about the team? Obviously, Clemson's in the mix now. College football rankings just came out, and Clemson's down to two. Alabama, where they should be. Uh, but let's start with you, Jerry. What do you feel about that matchup coming up with Georgia, and what do you feel about the the uh, the, the the college football playoff implications of that? Um, well, first off, the, the the matchup with LSU, if you listened to the podcast last week, happened the exact same way I said it was going to happen. I said there was no way LSU was going to beat Alabama unless, one, Tua got hurt, or two, I said that was the only chance because of the fact that they can't throw the ball. Joe Burrow was completing before that game, Fifty three point five percent of his passes on the season, oh. and if you can't complete passes, and now he's fifty three point six percent because he was terrible. Yeah, well, and I think he was actually eighteen of thirty five. I think he actually boosted his, his completion percentage up after that Ooh, terrible game. So at the end of uh, no, and at the end of the day, if you got Joe Burrow on the team and you can't throw the ball, Alabama will stop you from running. 
people forget that year when Leonard Fournette was by far running away with the Heisman. I mean, he looked like right right at that point in time, like Tua looks right now as far as the Heisman, where everybody was like, this thing is already over. Go ahead and give him the, the trophy. And, and, and Alabama held him to like seven yards rushing for the game. Alabama can take away your ability to run the ball with how many good defensive linemen they have. They don't get a lot of pass rush, but they can stop the run. And I thought that if they were going to take away the run and Joe Burrow was going to look below average, which he is, and that's exactly what happened. Um, speaking of their matchup with Georgia, I don't think that game is going to be very close. Um, I, I think realistically, Georgia's going to have to be able to run the ball, and I don't I don't see them being able to do that, and I don't trust Fromm to throw the ball. I've been saying all year they should have put Justin Fields in as their starting quarterback. I think he was pretty pissed he didn't play in the Florida game. Um, but I think the only team, as I said before, you know, before, there's two teams in college football, and I said it was Clemson and Alabama, and we talked about this before Ohio State lost and before – and everybody lost, and, I, and, and I've been saying this for, for the whole time. Clemson struggles early on in the season every year, and then by the end of the year, Dabo has that team ready to play. And Clemson has just as much talent, if not more talent, than Alabama has this year, um, and I think that that's the matchup that's going to happen. I think Clemson has a legit chance of beating them. Everybody that says, oh, yeah, well, look at how Bama did LSU – well, look how Clemson did Louisville, and you can say, "Oh, who, how good is Louisville?" But Alabama played Louisville, and terrible. they beat Louisville like Clemson. Be, they're, they're terrible, but Alabama played Louisville, and they didn't beat Louisville like Clemson beat Louisville. Um, so, I think at the end of the day, I think that's going to be an intriguing matchup. I think it's it, it's going to be better this year for Clemson in this case, right? Last year, Clemson lost to Alabama, and, and and people forget how close that game was before uh, the two turnovers, the two pick sixes uh, happened, or a fumble return for a touchdown in the pick six, um, but. The big factor in, in being able to beat Alabama is can you face them in the championship game as opposed to facing them in the semifinals? Um, and I think the big thing that you're going to have to deal with is if you ha- you face them in the semifinals, Nick Saban has six weeks to prepare for you. But if you face him in the finals, he has one week. Um, I think we would face them in the finals because we're going to be the number two seed unless they lose and we'd be the number one seed. Sure. Um, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but Saban has been preparing for, for Clemson for the last 24 months. It's not gonna be. Hey, hey, it's not gonna be any surprise of that game. He knows no, how no, to play. I don't think it's gonna be it's a factor be of him, him having time to it, prepare it for that be. game. It will be because if you look at and, and I talked to people about that last year, and they're like, "Oh, look how close Georgia was to playing them." But here's the deal: people forget Alabama's best edge rusher got hurt in that Clemson game, and and if you look at it, they they didn't have enough time to prepare for Georgia in that game. And I think the same thing with, with Clemson; they're gonna have some familiarity with it. And I'm sure Nick Saban watched uh, the SEC championship game last year and saw Georgia, but it's nothing like when you're you're going through and breaking down film of, of who you're facing because you can't do that when you're you're preparing for the semifinal game and you definitely can't give off the semblance to your team that hey we're looking forward to Clemson when you have to play I, I don't know Notre Dame or or whoever it is they're gonna face. So I think Clemson's the only team that's got a chance, um, and it happened the exact same way I said it was gonna happen because you have to throw the ball. And last thing I'll say about that, that's why it made sense to get rid of Kelly Bryant as the starting quarterback. Not, I, I want him to be on the team, but that's why you need Trevor Lawrence because you got to be able to throw the ball versus Alabama. And Clemson's a team that has, and, and, and conservatively, this is going to sound crazy, Clemson has eight to nine receivers that will play in the NFL that will get burned in the NFL on the roster right now. Um, and that sounds that sounds crazy. I can name you all, all eight or nine of those that are going to be on there. Um, Justin Ross and T. Higgins will be first-round picks. Uh, Hunter Renfro obviously is going to be a stud. Um, there's a there's a lot of talent on that team, and I think they're going to be able to uh, exploit the young secondary of Alabama. Okay. Any last points on that topic, Jeremy? Yes. Yeah, so 
my thoughts on this game were is that there's only really one competition left. But it's not the competition Jared was telling you about because Clemson has no chance. This is probably going to be their closest game. All no season. chance, Jeremy. Seriously, Clemson has no chance. I don't think they have a better chance than they did when no, they no, actually no, no, beat no, no, no. Alabama this back in the Alabama team is the best Alabama team. I think the and this is what I was going to say. The only competition right now is they're playing for the best team of all time. Are they better than the 2001 Miami Hurricanes? Are they better than the 04 USC? Stop it! Let's stop better? it! This, no, this, this is what no, we're no, talking no, about no, right no. now. This is probably. But Jeremy, the best where, where do you? Team. Why do you feel like they're the best college football team? Like, where, where are you getting that from? They score sixty a game. But Jeremy, but who are, who are they really playing? They're playing the SEC, which is tough conference. But I, I mean, watching play. Clemson play, watching Alabama play, I don't think Clemson Clemson's right there with them. They're blowing out everybody that they play. Same thing as same thing as Alabama. I'll tell you they they know how to beat Alabama. They have the tools to beat Alabama. I think if you're going to say Alabama's one of the best teams you've seen, I, you got to say Clemson's one of the best teams you've seen also I because know, I, no. I definitely feel like that game will be within within three points. I'd probably say Vegas probably has Alabama probably, if they were to play right now, neutral field, they'd probably be up, what, probably favored by three points okay, on neutral field. So, so just, just so we're going to throw it out there before you guys get too deep into it, anybody who wants Clemson plus nine and a half, I'll give it to you right now. Like it's not, they're not gonna play a single digit game all season. Mark me down. Yeah, okay. I would take that. What, what are we talking? What are Jeremy, we talking? Jeremy, Jeremy says that. Jeremy says that as he's wearing a Clemson shirt. That's how much. That's how much I think about Alabama. Oh. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what. That's how much I think about Alabama. I mean, if you look at everybody's like, oh man, who are they playing? Who was uh, who was uh, University of Miami playing? They had some close games. They didn't blow out everybody. This team is literally blowing out everyone. My that Miami team won a game twenty six to twenty four to the fourteenth team in the country. Alabama is about to play the sixteenth team in the country. How bad do you think they're gonna beat them? By seventy. That's what Alabama is Jimmy, doing. Jimmy, Jimmy, oh, oh, first off, I, I I'm gonna put this out there. The game this week will be they're gonna beat them solid. It's gonna be a lot closer than people think. People forget last year. Alabama barely escaped Mississippi. But last State. year they had Mississippi Jaylen State. Was now they have oh, a college Mississippi, football. Michael Mississippi Jordan. State last year, but Mississippi State scored what twenty four points last year versus a better Alabama defense. There's more talent, and Mississippi State was up seven with I, I want to say five minutes to go in the game. Now that game was at Mississippi State, and they had Dan Mullen. I just here's the thing. I like Alabama. I think Alabama should be the favorites. I disagree with Damon in the fact that I think it's going to be. I don't think it'll be a three point spread. I think that spread is going to be closer to seven. Um, I mean, even when when Deshaun played them, the, the spread was seven. So a lot of it's because of the fact that Bama's going to get a lot of the the uh, bets. But with, with that being said, you can look at at, at Alabama squad. There's not. I mean, you let, let's put this in perspective. Tua right now is is the best player in the country. Right, he's now. left-handed Drew Brees. But Trevor Lawrence It's not in the same. Category. He's top three in the country in pass. Oh, he's top three in the country in passer efficiency. He's leading the ACC in touchdown passes, and he's only started five games. So what I'm telling you is Trevor Lawrence is going to be a, a tough matchup, and you look at their weapons. They got a lot of weapons. They got more weapons than Clemson? I don't think so. Their offensive line's good. They got a star offensive tackle. He has as much experience as Mitch Hyatt, who's been starting for four straight years and was a All-American top, top five-star pick when he came out. No. And you look at it from a defensive standpoint. Everybody in their secondary is a freshman or a sophomore. Clemson's got seniors and juniors. They got, they got Mark Fields, who's a senior. They got uh, they, they got uh, a, a cornerback in Trayvon Mullen, 
who's projected to be a first round pick in this year's draft. Like there's there's not like that. And, and, and last thing I'll tell you, as good as they as they played, that offense wasn't explosive versus LSU. LSU slowed them down significantly, especially considering the LSU wasn't getting any first downs. A lot of that game was, hey, LSU gets a stop, LSU punts the ball three plays later. LSU gets a stop, LSU punts the ball three plays later. And eventually that defense got worn down. I think that game is going to be very competitive. I'm taking Clemson. I'll take whatever you want on that nine and a half point spread. I'll take that right now. I'll throw 50 on the All right, too. bet, man. All right, we're in for 50 against Jared, nine and a half points. You guys heard it here bet. first. All listeners, you guys heard it here first. Jeremy's taking. Money. <laughs> Easy money. All right, fellas, let's get back into some NFL picks. Uh, last week, week nine, uh, you guys had some good weeks, man. Jeremy was up 600 for the week. Now he's up 500 for the season. Jared's up $600 for the week, up $1,600 for the season. Um, what do you guys feel about some of your picks last week? What are your thoughts? Obviously, both of you guys had some good weeks. What are your thoughts on those? Well, I thought my week was very good, uh, obviously. I went 9-4 and four against the spread overall. Um, I went 4-1 and one, um, on, on our, our top five picks. And the only game that I lost on our picks last week uh, and it was a game that I feel like I kind of got robbed on. Um, it was the Packers because I think the Packers would have covered if it wasn't for that fumble. Um, so my picks, I had the Bears minus nine for 200. They won that game by 30. At the Panthers minus six versus Tampa Bay. They won by 14, but they were up 35 to seven before they started playing um, sabotage on my on my spread. Um, at the Texans plus one, that one got dicey. Texans should have, so the Texans were up two. Um, Broncos kicked the field goal to try to win the game. I would have pushed that bet um, if he made it, but because he missed it, I won. I had that one for 300. Had the Packers for 200. And I had the Titans plus six for 100 versus the Cowboys. And I told you that that was one of the ones I felt the most comfortable about because of the fact that the Cowboys aren't very good. And to give them six points versus anybody, especially a defense like the Tennessee, I thought was crazy. Um, so I, I feel really good about my picks. Think this week, this week I feel just as confident to get four and one or five and zero. Oh. Awesome, Jeremy. What do you think about your picks, man? You up big six hundred bucks. You kind of, well, you were down a hundred bucks last week entering, uh, entering you know down a hundred bucks, but now you're up five hundred bucks, being yeah. that you're up six hundred bucks for the week. Uh, but what do you think about your picks, man? You know, you're a little bit down to Jared. Not a little bit. You're down eleven hundred bucks to Jared. What do you feel? Uh, what do you feel that's going to bring you over the hump? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at my, you got to look at my recent track record. I mean, I got, I'm up fifteen hundred dollars in the last two weeks alone. So making up eleven hundred dollars, that's just two weeks of work. What I'm going to show you is this. I know who these teams are now. I'm 8-2 and two in the last two weeks. Uh, overall, in the last four weeks, I am 14-6. and six. So, let me tell you a little bit about these picks. Minnesota, covering five points versus Detroit. Easy money, $200. This is the one that got Vegas screwed over where they lost about $10 million over the weekend in each one of the sports books. Kansas City minus eight over Cleveland. Are you kidding me? That was easy $200. Chicago, $200 over the Buffalo Bills, nine points. Anybody who's playing the Bills should get those points. I took that easy. The Saints minus one versus the Rams. You knew they were going to cover. And then where's the one place where I messed up? I trusted Aaron Rodgers. I said, hey, this guy is going in. <laughs> you should not be. Like, you're getting six points. I mean, you're getting six points. All you got to do is not lose by a touchdown. And he couldn't even do that. So that's where I failed. 
Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. At the end of the day, I mean, you're the reason why I was only $600. I should have been up 1000 But you know what? Never again. Never again. <laughs> so obviously you guys are coming off good weeks. Um, let's go through your, your main money pick games uh, for, for Week 10, guys. Um, Jerry, let's start with you. And Jeremy, just kind of chime in. Um, if you have any, uh, obviously Jared's probably going to say some things that you probably don't agree with with the, some of these picks. But let's start with Jared. Let's go through your five money picks. And uh, Jeremy, we'll, we'll end with you going through your five money picks. And we'll see where you guys end up next, excuse me, next week. So my five money picks I got for this week, I feel really good about. Uh, the first one, the one I feel the most confident about. I got the Detroit Lions. Plus six versus the Chicago Bears. All right, walk, walk me through this. I get the better quarterback. I get the defense who's also very good. And I get the team who just lost the Vikings and is in last place in the division, so more, more urgent, but only two games back of first place, who is Chicago. I'm going to go with the Lions to win this game straight up. I got the Lions for $400 plus six. I think they get out to Mitchell Trubisky. I think Trubisky makes mistakes and continues to miss wide open receivers as he's been doing the last couple weeks. I think the Lions get it done. That is my biggest bet of the week. Bet number two. I also feel fantastic about the Panthers. I'm getting four points versus the Steelers. I understand the game is in Pittsburgh and it's a short week, but I get a better team in my opinion. I get a quarterback who's on fire and Cam Newton who's had seven straight games with at least two touchdown passes. And I get them going versus a team that, although has won a lot of games, has been a lot of poor teams that were banged up. They beat the, the Cleveland Browns. They beat the Atlanta Falcons, missing a lot of their starters on their defense. They beat the Ravens, missing two starters on their offensive line. I think this is a game where the Panthers exploit them on Thursday night. They get a win straight up, but especially if you're giving me four points, I got the Panthers for $200. Whoa, whoa. That's the next that game. A little, a little crazy. I'll let you go through, but I mean, have the Panthers really won anything on the road this year? Oh, the Panthers this year, uh, they have won a couple games on the road. And I think at the end of the day, if you they, they, they won a game in Pennsylvania versus the Eagles. I think the one thing you got to look uh, – I'm not a fan of the Steelers. I don't think they're very – I think they're overrated right now. I think they're a quality team, but I don't think they're some world beater. So if I get a better team and I get four points, I'm going to take it. Next game, I got the Atlanta Falcons minus four versus the Cleveland Browns. All right, so I get the Atlanta Falcons winners of two straight. Also won last week and came off a bye versus a dysfunctional team who went for three two-point conversions last week for no apparent reason. Um, also, I get the better quarterback. I get more weapons, and I'm only giving up four points. I should get three points. for And the, the craziness is for the game being in Cleveland, it should be three points. So they're, they're really saying that they think the Atlanta Falcons are only a one-point better team than the Cleveland Browns on a neutral field. I think that's laughable. I think it's asinine. I think that the Falcons are, are trending in the right direction. The Cleveland Browns are trending in the wrong direction, which is the same direction they've been training for the last 20 years. So I'm going to go with the Falcons for $200 to cover the four-point spread before you, before you go and get it done versus one, the Cleveland Browns. It's the opposite because they're in Cleveland. So they're really saying that if they're on a neutral field that the Falcons are a touchdown favorite. You're correct. I am wrong on that one. I'll admit it. But with that being said, I still like the Atlanta Falcons. Next, I got Seattle. I'm getting 10 points for the Seattle Seahawks playing the Rams. I like the Rams. But 10 points versus Seattle 
who now just lost last week, so they are in more desperate mode than even the, the Rams are. I know the game is in L.A. I would pick the Rams to win. But that game a couple weeks ago was only a two-point game. And the Seahawks ran the ball down their throat. They're going to be able to control the clock. I got the Rams being able to pull the game out by three. But if I'm getting 10 points and I get Seattle, I'm going to take that for $100. And the last game I have, Jeremy's probably going to be a fan of this. I got the Saints versus the Cincinnati Bengals minus, or sorry, minus four points. Um, and the reason I got that is a couple of reasons. One, A.J. Green is out this game. I'm not sure if you saw last year when A.J. Green missed time, but Andy Dalton couldn't complete passes. Um, and I get a team that is on firing on all cylinders, has won seven straight games after missing that random game where they lost to the, the Bucks to start the season. And they know they need to continue to win to be able to put themselves in position to get the number one seed. I don't like Cincinnati. I think they're trending in the wrong direction. They almost lost the game versus the Buccaneers when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. Um, and they're on pace to give up maybe the most yardage in the history of the league for a season on defense. So I'm going to go with the Saints to cover the four points. I think they're going to win handily. I got the Saints winning by 14. Cool, man. Some big-time picks there from my boy 85. Jeremy, what you got for your uh, your main time your main deal picks going into week week 10. Jared, Jared, I'm very proud of you. A lot of the picks that you made were actually smart. I, I can guarantee you that you're going to finish in the positive this week because you picked at least three games that I agree with, and therefore that puts <laughs> you in the positives. He's guaranteed so, you're positive, Jared. You guarantee it. So, you should feel good. Just right there with you. So see, That makes me feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> so Seattle at Rams, they're getting 10 points. It's not like the Rams really have a home field advantage. Seattle will probably have more fans there than the Rams will. So if you're not getting a complete home field advantage, the Seattle's able to run the ball pretty well. They were able to protect Russell Wilson last game. They played. He had all day. And you know Russell Wilson likes to run around. And honestly, the fact that they don't have any outside pass rushers makes it even worse. Because what happens when you push the pocket? The quarterback scrambles out. And what happens with Russell Wilson when he scrambles out? He makes plays. So I am going to pick. The Rams to win that game, but they're definitely not winning by 10 points. Uh, I got $200 on that game. The next game, the game I have the most money on, the L.A. Chargers against the Oakland Raiders. If um, – I'm trying to think of the kid's name. Nick Mullins. If Nick Mullins could beat them by over 30 points, do you really think – I don't think Phillip Rivers and that crew is going to beat them by 10 yeah, this game is going to be 25 points and it's going to be over early. John Gruden continuously says we're building a champion. Well, actually, you're just building a first overall pick in the draft. $400 on the Chargers for me. New Orleans Saints at Cincinnati Bengals. Let me just get, give you guys an insight on who you should be betting on if you want to win money. Do you guys remember how long ago it was when the Saints played the Browns? You remember that game? This is the first game, or sorry, that was the last time that the Saints did not cover a spread. They've covered the spread the last six weeks. They're going into Cincinnati. They're only got a four. They're only got to cover four points. And the Cincinnati Bengals right now have the worst pass defense in football. But not only that, not only that, they are 29th out of 32 teams in rush yard, in um rush yards per game at 128. And they're second to last, 31st in rush yards per attempt. The Saints in 2012 had the worst defense of all time, giving up just over 7,000 yards. They are on pace for a 71-65 this season. 
going against the Saints who can balance it up. They can run the ball down your throat. They can throw the ball down your throat. What we're going to see is a Saints team that dominates. I'm seeing what Jarrett's seeing, probably a 14-point win for us. On down the schedule, I got the Atlanta Falcons over the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is sputtering. Atlanta is really, really picking it up. And I told you guys before this season, I thought the Falcons were going to make the playoffs. And I'm still sticking with that. The Falcons have won three straight. Let's look at the rest of their schedule going forward. They've got the Browns this week. That's five and four. They got the Cowboys at home. That's six and four. They go to the Saints on Thanksgiving. That's obviously a loss. Six and five. Ravens at home could win that game. Seven and five. Green Bay, eight and five. And they got Tampa, Cardinals, and the Panthers to finish the season out. Overall, what you're going to see is they'll probably finish somewhere in the 10 and 6 range and make the playoffs. So I'm going Falcons $100 against the Cleveland Browns. And lastly, really quickly, before you get done with that, you just gave them a whole lot of wins that, like, uh, you're like, oh, yeah, the Ravens, that's a win. Cowboys, that's oh, a win. Wait, wait, wait. Packers, the that's Cowboys, a win. The Cowboys Panthers. on the road are winless. So, yes, I did give them that win. Um, you can give them that win, but all I will tell you is this. If you're looking at the, the Falcons, I picked them to go 7-9. and nine. I feel confident with my pick. Oh, okay. Um, there, I, I gave them – how many more losses did I give them? I gave them two more losses. Obviously, the Saints is going to be one of them, and I think they'll probably lose one other game. I'm most most likely to be at Panthers. But other than that, I don't see another loss on the schedule. You think they're going to lose to Tampa? You think they're going to lose to the Cardinals or the Packers? <clears throat> uh, yes. The, they, they will lose at least one of those three no, games. No, Aaron Rodgers is already going to be probably uh, packing it in and trying to get his coach fired. Uh, the Ravens, no. Uh, th- by that time, it'll probably be um, – what's the quarterback? Lamar Jackson will probably be starting by that time. So, overall, what you're going to see – is the Falcons make it to 10 and 6? They're going to make the playoffs, and I still think it's going to be like it was last year, where you get three teams into the playoffs out of the NFC South. Um, so they're going to be a hundred dollar bet for me. And the last bet, New England at Tennessee plus one hundred dollars. I'm going to take New England, obviously, because they're only having to cover six points, and Tennessee sucks. So I'm going to go with uh, did I say I'm going to take Tennessee? I mean, I'm going with the Patriots. I'm going with the Patriots. The Patriots are going to cover. Um, overall, what you can see with me this week, I've been to four and one the last two weeks. You're going to see five and this week. Book it. Obviously, you're going to see some tremendous games from my Saints. But just know, if you're going to bet any game out of all of these, bet the Saints. They got the best team in football. Best quarterback, best running back, best wide receiver. Michael Thomas dominating, pulling out the cell phone on the old Joe Horn. <laughs> Stop it. He's not the best receiver uh, in the league. Number, number, that number guy two in yards Houston. per game, number two in touchdowns, number one in receptions per game. At the end of the day, the numbers speak for themselves. Well, awesome, fellas. Great takes today, fellas. I have, I have fun talking to you boys about uh, all the different topics. Listeners, we appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in again another week to the Me Rose Podcast. Make sure you add us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Google, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, YouTube pod being so make sure you add us tell your friends about us uh, we appreciate you guys again thank you so much we'll see you guys next week we're out